Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and Disney Deciphered. How's it going, Joe? How you doing today? Pretty good. Gearing up for a semi-last minute Disney trip and just constantly thinking about how I'm not looking forward to this weather at all. Yeah, we've been contemplating going down there before the end of the month, before Ellie goes back to school, just because we have the annual passes. And I've never been there in July, but I've only heard horror stories. So uh, I, I, that's really what's keeping me you know, hesitating for, from going, just the heat and the humidity. Because I just, I mean, we were in Hong Kong Disneyland. It was like 95 with a heat index of 110. I imagine that's a lot what it looks like. And it wasn't pleasant. I mean, I guess that's the luxury of going regularly and having annual passes. Like, I don't feel pressure to like do super long days and do a ton of things and so we're gonna take it easy but like last week it was like fairly hot in massachusetts you know it was like 90 with a pretty decent heat index but still not over 100 or whatever and like i just kept warning my kids that like you know it's gonna be worse so just prepare for it. I'm going to try to get them up early so we can get a bunch done in the morning and then just rest in the afternoons and then go back to the parks at night. But that's always the ideal. Uh, it's always comes down to whether you can get your kids up early enough. And it's just exhausting, right? Getting up early, trucking back to the hotel, back and forth, all of that stuff, staying later in the parks when it's less crowded or less sun. So yeah, it's, uh, I know there's a lot of people out there listening who don't love Disney who's like, exactly, this is the nightmare. Why would you put yourself through that? Why would you put your family through that? And uh, when, when we're talking about stuff like this, I kind of get their point. Yeah, I was thinking about it. There's got to be other, like, people must travel to Florida, Texas, uh, the South, New Orleans. You know, they must, you know, people must visit these humid areas. I think the problem with Disney World is, to, like, you're out all day. Like, I don't think you, you know... Uh, if you go visit New Orleans or something, you're not going to walk around like all day. You're going to like go inside and uh, for like long periods of time. So I think that's the big difference. But you know, it's it's hot everywhere. I mean, it's hot in Boston today. It's not hot, thankfully. So I can record with you. Um, never mind. But uh, <laughs> with the camera on, <laughs> yes, with the camera on. Let's say that. But I think it's just it's just something about like how much you have to do and you're not at a beach right and if it's hot and humid and you're by a beach you know that's perfect you just get in the water so um still it is summer uh for those of you like just from you know you didn't mention this sean but like crowds are like so low at disney world right now i mean they were especially low on july 4th but i think people have started avoiding it in the summers and it's almost become crowd wise like a good time to go and that does help with the heat because at least you're not like body to body with people like you used to be like five six years ago yeah speaking of the heat joe i this is travel related because i grew up in las vegas everybody would always say oh my god las vegas it's so hot there and that's like the first thing but as you point out in the summer it's very hot in a lot of this country you know, the whole midwest uh, the Central Plains, a lot of places are very hot, hotter than Las Vegas even in the summer, or at least with the heat indexes and the humidity. So I never got that. Like, I guess it's just the summer's hot. We should just get get over it, go about our days, move on with our stuff, ride our roller coasters. Yeah, I mean, I we were talking about visiting Las Vegas in the summer last week, and I will say it's like objectively hotter in Vegas, but the jokes about it being a dry heat, I mean, it really is true. It makes like a very big difference um, because your sweat is like actually evaporating and cooling yourself down and you're not dragged down as much. So, you know, the first time I went to Vegas in the summer, I'm sure you're super used to it now, but like I liken it into like how it feels like when you open an oven, right? 
but I still think that feels better than the humidity. Again, even in Boston, um, or, you know, I went to school in upstate New York and I spent one summer there and like, we had no air conditioning and it was like just miserable. I guess that's the thing about the Southern states and the desert states and stuff like that. Everyone has to have air conditioning or almost everyone has air conditioning just because like, it's almost unlivable without it. Yeah. It's hard to think about the people who lived here a hundred years ago before, before there was air conditioning. It, it sort of boggles your mind. And it is like an oven, I guess, except when it gets over about 105, then it starts to become an oven that burns your skin. Like you can actually feel your skin burning and then it's still not, uh, no fun. But yeah, the dry heat definitely doesn't affect me in the same way that the humidity does when traveling. But uh, yeah, it's always an interesting subject. Disney World uh, has cut back on their air conditioning, so we'll see how you do and we'll see if I end up going there because that's an easy trip for us. But uh you know, and then we kind of use our annual passes again. We don't have to worry about them. So we'll see uh, if we do that. You have anything else uh, going on travel-wise, getting ready for the big trip? Yeah, really just getting ready for the big trip to New Zealand. Debating whether we can get away with just carry-on bags. I would ideally like to do that because when we get back, we have some domestic travel um, before, like in California, before we get home. And I think not having to deal with check bags will be a big deal. Uh, one nice thing about having a family of five is that we can bring on five carry-on bags. Our older kids can carry their own bags. And then, um, you know, my wife and I, one of us can take two. And we don't, I don't think we're going to, man, I haven't thought this through, but I do not think we're going to travel with a stroller this time. So, um, you know, that makes a big difference. But uh, yeah, let me ask you, Sean, like when you have been traveling around the world, have you guys managed to do it like carry on only just three carry on bags between the three of you? Yeah, I think this is a great topic because I think most people overpack. And I guess, you know, the, the funny thing we always said back in our backpacking days is uh, the longer you travel, the less you actually need. Right. Because you can buy everything on the road. You know, if you're going on a, I don't know, a cruise or something, people bring all kinds of different clothes different changes, all this other stuff. When you're traveling long-term, you tend to just have like a week of the same clothes and you just wash them over and over. Uh, so we all travel with uh, a carry-on. Elizabeth has a special uh, away kid-size carry-on. And then Jasmine and I have the adult version. It's the smaller version of their carry-on. So they have like a full-size one, but we got the smaller one that works on all international flights and everything. And I bought those during COVID, like really early COVID when away was blowing out all their merchandise for really cheap. Uh, so I think I got over 50% off. They're usually three to $400. Great suitcases. And by the way, uh, Jasmine and I each had a little problem with our zipper, and they replaced our, they were a couple of years old, they replaced our entire suitcases as well. But they're pretty good quality, so I, I would recommend them. So we use we each use one of those, and then we each have a backpack as well. Um, is Away still... In business, I just remember they used to advertise a podcast all the time, and I haven't heard a podcast ad for a while for them. So I, I know that there were some complaints about the quality for a while, so it's good to hear that um, you enjoyed it. And also, by the way, we're probably going to buy at least one new piece of luggage in the next couple of weeks before we go. So if anyone has recommendations, hit me up on Slack. I would love to hear them um, or on Twitter, uh, wherever. But yeah, away. It's good to hear that you felt it was higher quality. Have you heard of, do people still buy those? Yeah, I think they're still doing pretty well. They have cut back a lot on the colors, I noticed, when we had to replace ours. Uh, again, they did a full warranty replacement. 
um, yeah, we've really loved them and we've taken them everywhere around the world. I mean, we've taken them pretty hard on pavement, uh, you know, just about everywhere. The wheels have held up really well. Uh, the way everything's partitioned on the inside is great. We have the ones that have a computer sleeve on the outside. So that actually makes it infinitely more space because you don't have to have your electronics on the inside. And then I carry a backpack that has most of my gear in it. But yeah, so all of our clothes, all of our travel stuff are each in carry on today. It just makes it so much easier not have to wait for the flight uh, in and out everywhere. Even when you're, you know, if you have to take the occasional bus or whatever else, it's easier just to sort of get around with these more manageable sized pieces of luggage. And, you know, we've all seen those people traveling internationally where they just have so much luggage, but they're also so overwhelmed at the same time. Like I've seen people on cruise ships with a million bags and they're used to it and they're proud of it and they handle it well. But we've all seen the travelers who have these giant suitcases who are just frazzled and uh, you don't want to be that person. So I, I say carry on. I'm team carry on for sure. Hey, have you ever like I remember it was 10 years ago, so I don't know if they still do this. But when I went to South America, it was like a huge deal to like get your suitcases, even if you I think only if you're checking them in. But they would like wrap them in plastic and stuff like that. Do you remember ever doing that? Do you have familiarity with that it's something i haven't thought about in a long time but um from what you, you were just talking about the suitcase stuff it like really brought that to mind i've seen it in airports and i've certainly seen people wrap luggage i don't know what the whole meaning behind all of that is i have noticed when flying to central south america those countries uh, especially when coming from the u.s a lot of you know people who live here are bringing stuff back for their families so i remember the first time we ever flew to guatemala like 2007 we were waiting in line to get our stuff and we just have our backpacks and literally, there's people in line with the biggest suitcases I've ever seen. And they'll have three, four, five, six suitcases bringing stuff back from, you know, family members in the U.S. to family members in Guatemala. And like just, you know, everybody had three bags. It was insane. So I've seen that. But I, I have seen the wrapping. There's like services at airports, too. But I don't get it. I guess just to ship it back, make sure it doesn't get damaged. Yeah. I was Now that I think like I think then we were when we were doing it, Jess and I are like, are we getting scammed? In the sense that it's like offering you a level of protection that you probably don't need. But at the same time, I remember we did wrap our suitcase. You know what I think we did wrap that we were happy to wrap was we had a case of wine that we brought back, which of course we had to declare and all that stuff. Uh, no one, we were like, we were like all worried about getting stopped at customs and stuff like that. But we were like, well, we got to declare this wine because we don't declare it and they find it, then we'll be in trouble. Um, and I just remember the customs guy being like, what you got in here? And we're like, oh, wine, like we declared it here. And he's like, nice. And so I remember, you know, we were, we were young travelers then. So uh, I'd probably be less stressed about it now. But I think we did wrap our case of wine and then like they didn't open it up. So I don't know. I, I just thought it was funny. And it's just funny how like culturally people travel, like people even travel differently. And, uh, you know, that's one reason not to get too high on the uh, travel is good for your soul horse that we uh, talked about last week. But, you know, it is good to see how different countries do things. For sure. So <laughs> what isn't good for your soul is a... Uh... What are they calling this, Joe? The Civil War in the Miles and Points world? Uh, I saw one headline, I think, that said that uh, the Chicago seminars stuff. Uh, this isn't really good for the soul or for the community. Number one, 
Wonderful segue. Uh, number two, yeah, I had like no, idea. I had like no clue, zero clue what was going on. Um, so I had to hit you up for some of the background. But yeah, for people who don't know, you know, and I think it's kind of important to know just in terms of consumer knowledge, I guess, because that's what these seminars are. Uh, you know, what's going on? So yeah, so Chicago seminars, I think, has been around for over ten years, and it was started by Rick Ingersoll, who's the frugal travel guy way back in the day. I think he's been retired for quite a few years now. And then it was carried on by Howie and by a team of people. And a couple of years ago, it switched over uh, to somebody else. And, uh, you know, first off, I want to say I'm not taking sides in this. So there's things that I know, things I don't know. It really all doesn't really matter. But that's the original Chicago seminars ran all the way through last year. Uh, the person who was running it, there was a disagreement between them and the, the other people who kind of we're running it. I, there's claims that that person disappeared uh, and and things like that. But you ended up with a contract with the group of volunteers at the Holiday Inn, which is the old site. And then the old organizer went and signed another contract for a competing event. So I guess the question is, which is the original event? Well, all I can say is that I'm speaking at the one at the Holiday Inn. And I believe that to be the original event. And I know all of the organizers there. I think they're going to make it great. They're going to keep it in the spirit of what was in the past. Uh, I'm sure the competing event uh, from the original organizer is going to be great as well. And I hope that who, no matter what event you go to, you get great speakers and, and great everything. Uh, it's sad just to see the amount of fighting. But, uh, you know, based on what I've seen behind the scenes, a little bit of this, you know, what, what's come out has been pretty true uh, as far as, as that. So you can check out like flyer talk threads and stuff like that if you want to get all the gossip about it. But I hope that everybody has a great time. Both events are going to go forward. And, you know, hopefully we in future years we can bring everybody back together. This has always been great because they're charity events. So all the money goes to charity. The speakers are volunteers. The people who put it on are volunteers. And I think both are going to operate in that way. So I guess more money for charity, but it just splits the community up a bit. Yeah, and not to throw a further fuel to the fire, but there is a third event that is not related to Chicago seminars that also just happens to be happening the same weekend. So it's all kind of pretty wild. You, you, you think that like there's enough room in the space for all these things. They didn't all have to happen the same weekend, but you know, sometimes these things happen. And I agree with you. Like hopefully um, cooler heads can prevail and people can work their things out and we can reunite into having one event. Yeah. I mean, it basically came down to the person who was running it, you know, they weren't able to get a hold of him. So the rest of the crew decided to sign the contract on the hotel. And, you know, that creates some hurt feelings or whatever. And it, it's just basically over, you know, who's in charge and whatever else. But uh, the good news is that they're going on. And I do believe that everybody running both events are looking to, to make them good. And I'll be speaking at the one at the original Holiday in Elk Grove. Uh, I think they're calling it the original Chicago Seminars. Because, uh, you know, they're fighting over who's the original. But uh, I won't speak to that. But I will be speaking there and hope to meet a lot of Diamond members, a lot of people there. Uh, and I usually just hang out in the hallways and chat in between sessions uh, or, you know, when I'm not speaking. So hopefully I'll get a chat with some people. But I'm glad to be going back. I hadn't been there since, you know, before COVID. So and I spoke there what, four or five times in the past. It's a great time, a great community event, a lot less corporate than something like an FTU. So I've always enjoyed that a little bit more. Do you have a topic yet or do you get to, you know, you're you're... You're pretty big, so you might just get a slot and you come up with a topic as you'd like. 
Yeah, I think that's how it's happening, or they're going to assign me something. In the past, it's been different things. Like, the first time I spoke there, I was a last-minute replacement for Marshall Jackson, who was a, a blogger back in the day. Actually, I think he's still blogging over at Frequent Floaters on Boarding Area. But anyway, he was talking about cruising, because they used to have a talk about cruises. And uh, he had to cancel at the last minute, so he invited me to come do that. And uh, subsequently, they got rid of cruising talks, because they weren't popular enough. But I've also talked about reselling you know, long-term family travel, all the good stuff there. So I'd like to talk maybe about more, you know, family travel stuff or, you know, longer-term stuff. We'll see, but I don't have a topic picked out just yet. Yeah, so, ironically, uh, I feel like cruises might not be a, like, I, I think it's gotten big again. Like, there's a lot of talk in the Diamond Slack about cruises, um, and I think it is just, I don't know. It's pretty It's pretty top of mind for people, so maybe it's time to bring that topic back. Yeah, it'd be fun to talk about, especially with all the, the matches. I think back in the day, you know, you were talking about the different cruise line programs and, you know, what, what benefits you could get. But you, there wasn't a lot of ways to, like, hack cruises back in the day because most cruise line loyalty programs are based on the number of nights that you've sailed. So, you know, you're, there's just really no way to hack that. Of course, now we have MSC who does matches. And, uh, of course, all the casino matches now. So I think that there are some opportunities, uh, like going to Atlantic City to do the matches to get the free MSA cruise, uh, the Royal Caribbean match, the Carnival match, some of the strategies you can use on the ship to keep getting matches if you're willing to gamble a little bit. So there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff uh, with that and, and just the cruise industry in general coming out of COVID. So I agree with you. So maybe we'll uh, I'll pitch that. That's an easy talk for me. Yeah, um, you know, I'm sure whatever you talk about is going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, definitely check that out if you are interested in going to hear Sean speak. And don't forget, Sean's an introvert, but he will talk to you. Yeah, I'll stand in the corner all by myself, perfectly fine. <laughs> but if you come up to me and talk to me, I'm not a jerk. I will talk to you. Uh, you know I'm what's really very, helped, very shy. Sean? Truly very shy. He is very shy. And what's really helped, Sean, is you have... I don't know if I don't know if it's because I see you every week now, but I remember when I first met you at Dia's, um, fa- what was it called? FTR Family Travel for Real Life Conference. The first time I saw you, I was like, "This dude looks nothing like his profile picture." But now I feel like your profile pictures online look much more like you. Or I've just gotten used to, uh, you know, your face. I don't know because I I try to keep my profile pictures somewhat uh, somewhat up to date. Uh, but maybe I had like an old travel one from like 07 back in the day. But yeah, well, that's, the, you know, it's funny because I was talking to somebody, I don't remember who it was, somebody recently when I was traveling uh, and, oh no, at the meetup in St. Louis and we were talking about you and I was like, yeah, I, I've met Joe, I think a couple of times, but I haven't seen him in what, six years in person or something like that. Not the, the entire time that we've done this podcast for over four years, I have not seen you in person, uh, but at least I did meet you before in those old days. So that's good. Yes, yes, um, and I'm much fatter now than we used to, than uh, the first time you met me. So you know, all right. What's next? So what's next is uh, Benji wrote about this, and I think it was a good reminder because this week is Prime Week uh, and Prime Day and all that. That's already over by the time this comes out. But what's one of the best things about Prime Day is the pay with points deals. Uh, you know, these are the deals that come around. You can get 20, 30, 40% off if you use one membership reward point, one ultimate reward, one thank you point. Uh, there's versions of this offer for just about every bank. Usually American Express is the most lucrative for me and I find it on more of my accounts. And so we have several accounts in our household 
And uh, these offers are being reloaded. And I just checked this morning and I only checked three accounts. I do have more accounts to check, but I did have the 40% off on one of the accounts and that was up to $60 off. So basically you spend 150, get 60 bucks off. And Benji just wrote about this as just a reminder. And this is actually something that I've been doing and I did this morning is buying Uber gift cards uh, with that if you don't have any immediate need for something from Amazon because I use Uber enough, whether it's traveling or Uber Eats or whatever, uh, that stockpiling a couple of those gift cards is always a good thing. And then you're locking in 40% savings on anything on Uber. Even if you're traveling, you got to order Uber Eats with all the markups. If you're saving 40%, you're not doing too bad. And uh, like I said, the, that version right now, 40% up to 150 in spend. So I got a 90 I got a $150 Uber gift card for 90 bucks, but you can get other gift cards there too. I've done Best Buy in the past. Uh, I believe they have Home Depot. You can't buy Amazon gift cards. Of course, you can also buy anything that Amazon sells, but definitely go through all your accounts and check those this week because they're reloaded for Prime Day. And uh, like I said, I just did the Uber gift card this morning and thanks to Benji for that reminder because my balance was, uh, was getting low and they work well with the credits too. They didn't used to work well with the credits, but now if you have a gift card balance, it'll use the credits first, like from your Amex cards, and then it'll use the gift card. So it all works out pretty well now. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I mean, this is, I don't know, the gift that keeps on giving, you know, I guess just a small gift, but it's good to have this deal and uh, to stay on top of it. I think the Uber gift cards, Benji does not uh, get cheated. So I think you getting the Uber gift cards on sale Generally, like especially if you're using Uber Eats or something, gets things to you know more of a normal price instead of like all the upcharges when you're just being lazy and ordering delivery. Yeah, and Uber is really good about uh, giving you coupons and stuff like that. So we only really order Uber Eats uh, occasionally when we have a you know a thirty or forty percent off coupon, and I find that those coupons tend to re- get rid of most of the fees, and you're paying pretty close to what you would pay in person. So then if you're just paying that discounted rate with a discounted gift card, you know, you're actually coming out cheaper than if you were to go to the place. And, uh, you know, rideshare obviously is more ubiquitous everywhere. And just being able to, you know, pull up your Uber, do it for 40% off. It's a good, like, no-brainer way to use this deal because I used to, like, go and try to find things to buy. Then, like I said, for years I was doing Best Buy cards and selling those. But I feel like this is the kind of easiest way for me, less hurdles, uh, just load a couple of them right into your – the other nice thing is you can just load them into your Uber wallet so you don't have to store them anywhere, remember them, anything uh, like that. But nonetheless, whether you're buying that, buying Christmas gifts, buying whatever, make sure to check all those offers this week, even if you've tried in the past because this is when they generally reload them. And as you said, this this has been the gift that has kept on giving for, I don't know, a long time now, years and years and years and years, certainly good for hundreds of dollars a year. Uh, in savings on these. And just remember, you use one point and you pay the rest with the credit card uh, and you still get the savings. So you don't, you can still earn the rewards and stuff. You don't have to redeem more than one point for these. So good stuff. Did you see that your beloved Cathay Pacific Asia Miles is devaluing? Yes, yes. I have been long, you know, I have managed to use some of my Cathay Pacific Miles for half of us flying back from Australia on Qantas but yeah, it's a pretty rough devaluation. I had been saving more to hopefully use them for Hong Kong, but I'm not sure. So I'll let you run through the percentages, but I know the devaluation goes into place for flights booked after October 1st, 2023. Um, so it's not it's not flyby, thankfully. But 
I do not know if I can find a flight, uh, especially because we just booked flights to Taiwan. So, you know, Cathay Pacific, I would take that to go to Hong Kong. Um, and so I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to find flights before October 1st um, and avoid the devaluation. Because, like, my I, my plan was always I have some Cathay Pacific miles. I, I still have some of my wife's AA miles. You know, we kind of just spread them out and, like, get five tickets across the two programs. But now with the devaluation, not as not as certain about that plan. So as you alluded to, I, there's devaluation up to about a 30% increase in awards. It all kind of varies depending on exactly what award. But for example, New York to Hong Kong in business class was 85K before, now going up to 110K. So that's a 29% increase. First class on that same route goes from 125 up to 160K, uh, a 28% increase. Uh, and then, you know, there's just other ones. So you'll have to look. But everything is in that like 20 to 30% increase, especially in premium cabins. Uh, Cathay Pacific hasn't been releasing a lot of premium cabin space, so that's going to make it harder. As you pointed out, this the current chart is in effect till September 30th, and then October 1st, the new chart goes into effect. So that's when you'll pay the new prices. There are hefty fuel surcharges using Asia miles normally, right? Yeah, it's not amazing. Um, you know, it's be much better with AA, but they're not as bad as they used to be, uh, at least, you know, for example... I booked three of our Qantas flights with AA and two with Cathay. And I don't like the Cathay was maybe 80 to a hundred dollars more per ticket. If I am recalling correctly, but like, especially like flying out of, I think flying out of the U S you're almost always on American carriers pay less in terms of taxes and fees and fuel surcharges and stuff like that. But when you're flying like a one way out of the other country, a lot of times it can be pretty rough uh, regardless. So, um, but not as bad as it used to be. And this isn't all bad news. There are a few different economy awards that went down. There's a couple that I think that went down as much as 10%. So if you're an economy flyer, definitely less bad. And we've seen that across the board with devaluations for years. Usually it's premium cabins that are getting uh, sort of killed in these devaluations. And that's just, I think, because of demand and I think because of how popular travel rewards, miles and points have become. I feel like there's just more demand for business class cabins. I don't know. But we've certainly seen a lot of the value you know, where a business class ticket was, you know, double what a what an economy ticket was, that's just not happening anymore, right? They're very rarely ever double the price like they used to be. Uh, but yeah, it's, we'll put a link in the description. You can see all the changes, see the old chart, see the new chart, and to get ready to spend those Asia miles. Uh, Chase had some new spending offers. So if people aren't aware, Chase has this link that comes out where you can put your card number in and uh, they have different spending offers. And this goes across all of their kind of co-branded cards. Uh, and, you know, for the third quarter, they have these new offers. And this is some of what we've seen. 10X Avios at gas stations with the British Airways card. 7X points with the IHG Premier card at gas stations grocery. 5% cash back with the Chase Freedom card. 5X at gas stations, grocery and restaurants with United Explorer. 5X at gas, grocery and restaurants with Southwest Airlines. So you might get one of those. You might get something different. Uh, the offers are valid for purchases July 1st through September 30th. We'll put the link in the description so you can see what offer you get. And you get that bonus offer on up to $1,500 in total combined purchases during the period. Uh, so this is really good. I mean, especially if you can get one of those 5X grocery offers, uh, gas stations as well. And you can check all of your cards because many times you'll get the offer across many cards. I'm really glad that they started doing this, and uh, this has been a, a nice way to kind of juice it up. I often get offers on multiple cards. How about you? Well, 
as of the three that I put in while you were talking, zero for three. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I spend. You know, it's one of those things where if you spend money on their cards, sometimes they're less liable to give it to you, which is so annoying. But I mean, it makes sense, right? Because they're trying to like entice people to do it. Um, but yeah, I'm over three. Um, but I have a couple more to try. You know, when we get off here. Yeah, I just tried two, and I'm over two. Uh, but I hadn't had a chance to do this either. Uh, but I do know a lot of people in the diamond chat have gotten targeted for it and, you know, always stay up with that. I think that's one of the cool things over the last few years has been more and more of these uh, of these sort of spending offers. And they're always nice when you get them. Like we talked before, I get those crazy ones from the Sears card. Sometimes, you know, the, the craziest one I've gotten is basically spent do six transactions of $50 each. This is in the last few months. Do six transactions of $50 each and then get a $60 credit. So basically spend $300, get a $60 credit. And that's at any place. You just have to do $50 transactions. So you just buy like Amazon gift cards or whatever to, to hit it and, you're, and they're just giving away cash. So it, more and more of these uh, spending offers. But I'm glad that Chase gives you a good way to check them all uh, because you, you know, like what Barclays sometimes, does Barclays have an online thing now where you can check them or you just have to wait to see if you get the email or the mail? I don't know. I don't pay good enough attention. This is like this is like a huge problem because I spend so much on my Barclays JetBlue that uh, I should pay attention to these things. I think, yeah, I think it's online, um, and there's some place you can check, but I don't know. Don't quote me on that. So before we close up here, Joe, last week there was all those crazy storms. It seems like since COVID, the news story of like just epic meltdowns at airports and flight cancellations. This is just a story. I mean, it's always been a story, but I feel like it's, it's repeating itself more often uh, than not. And we just saw that with huge, what, closures on the East Coast up in New York. And I think Washington, D.C. had a meltdown at the same time. And there was just tons of cancellations, travel disruptions. And I don't think a lot of people, like, fully fathom what that means until you're, like, stuck in it. Because, you know, we've all traveled a lot, and I think that you run into obstacles and you get through the obstacles. Maybe a flight's delayed. Maybe something happens. But it's a whole different story when, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of flights are canceled. Everybody's in the same position. Every customer service agent is stressed out. There's lines at the airports, uh, and now you're stuck, and you need to get home, and you need to figure it all out. Uh, And uh, I think this is a case of things that are happening more to people. So we thought we'd just talk about our best advice really quick with that. And I would just start by saying, Joe, insurance, insurance, insurance. Yeah, I think that definitely helps because it gives you something to like help make yourself whole um, when you get back. Um, and a lot of times the claims are not too bad. Um, I, and I think, you know, I was just talking to Leslie, my um, Disney Deciphered co-host. Actually, this is a good question for you, Sean. Although, you know, these things you don't learn until you go through it. Um, Her husband was going to fly back from JFK yesterday as we're recording this um, back to California, but flight got canceled because of all the weather crap that's happening. And, you know, JetBlue booked him for Tuesday, no charge, but there was also a flight that he could take from Boston back to California yesterday uh, if he could get get himself there, but it was going to cost him a thousand dollars and leslie was like confused by that because she says southwest like what as long as you can get to one of their airports like they'll cover it um but i was thinking that i think JetBlue's policy is the one that makes more sense to me like when they do waivers it's always for the same 
like airport or, you know, in, in this case, it would be JFK, LaGuardia or Newark. Um, on the insurance thing, I feel like if he had to get back, you know, having travel insurance could help to allay some of that thousand dollar cost if he had to go up to Boston or whatever. But um, yeah, curious if you know any other airlines policies, whether more airlines are like JetBlue or more airlines are like Southwest. I think most airlines technically are you have to stay in the same city pairings. But I've, you know, the few times where I've had to deal with that, everything is pretty much open. So I was surprised to see that. I saw that on Twitter, that JetBlue, even though they have a weather, you know, uh, variance or whatever for those particular storms, wouldn't accommodate uh, a different city. Because you think ultimately they just want to get people home, right? And uh, this isn't about you changing your travel because, uh, you know, you want to do something different. The storm already happened. The cancellation already happened. I find that most airlines in that point will do whatever they can to get you there. But I think technically the policy is, you know, not to change cities. And that's probably because people were trying to scam it for some way or, or another. Yeah, but past. like common sense would dictate, especially when things are like melting down like they've been this summer, like common sense would dictate you just want to get people to where they need to go like as quickly as possible um, because that for further backs up all your operations if you're waiting. So I think insurance is great. I actually just re-upped my yearly Allianz policy. Um, actually, I think it technically renewed today. Um, although I paid for it last week. And then I think the next thing is always do your own research to look up alternate flights for yourself, even if it's like on another carrier, especially if you need to get back. I think being um, Google flights has not Google flights has not been as good lately, but that's someplace where you can start. But I do really feel like knowing what flight you want really helps you when you finally get in touch with someone after you've been on hold for a while or whatever. Yeah, and I think getting out ahead of stuff is important as much as you can. So, you know, if you're on a flight and you know that, that it's going to get canceled, like you're heading back to the gate and they announced it, this isn't necessarily to do with storms or anything, but somebody went crazy or you're going back to the gate for some reason, you know, you can get on that phone. There was one time I was flying. This is crazy, and this shows you I, I would never do this today, Joe, but I was doing a kind of a mileage run, uh, Vegas to Dallas, to Newark to go to the new Centurion Club at Newark when it opened. So this is, what, seven, eight years ago, a long time ago. And uh, it was a single-day turnaround. Just go to the Centurion, come back. And uh, we got to Dallas, and there was a little bit of a delay there. And I had, a, you know, just, what, four hours on the ground in New York or in New Jersey. And we get there, and we turn around because something happens on the plane, and they said, we got to go back to the gate. Everybody's going to sit on the plane well, what I immediately did was call up American Airlines, explained it all, said, there's no way I'm only going to be on the ground for four hours. I'm going to miss my meeting. you know. And I asked for the original routing credit, which means that they gave me miles for flying the whole thing. But I was rebooked by the time we hit that gate. And I just went and sat in the Centurion Lounge in Dallas for a couple hours, got back on my plane home. What a waste of a day. Uh, but you know, there's. Uh, I think being quick is important too, because there's only limited space. And if all the flights are getting canceled, you want to be on top of it. And obviously know the phone numbers if you have elite status or anything else uh, like that. And, you know, airport customer service is not always your friend, right? I Sometimes I would rather get on the phone with somebody, especially if I can get on an elite line or go to a club like the Admiral's Club and get help there at the counter. I've had very limited success getting a lot of help at customer service desks like Americans public desks. And when you have cancellations, generally the lines are very long there as well. So... Uh, I think just being proactive, like you said, Joe, knowing what you want and getting it done as quickly as possible and not hesitating. 
And one of the things I like about the insurance is it just gives you that extra freedom. We talked about what happened to Jasmine in Memphis uh, a couple months ago where her Allegiant flight you know, kept delaying and delaying and then they just basically delayed her 24 hours until the next day's flight. And you know, she would have gotten on that flight the next day. Uh, she's been at the airport all night. Having the insurance, I was just able to book her on the first flight out in the morning and knowing that that'll get reimbursed. So, you know, it does give you that more options. Even if you do have an option to get home with your airline, it gives you the freedom of being like, no, I need to get home sooner. I'm going to go buy it. And I'm not saying that you need an Allianz. We both have the Allianz policy, uh, which does cost money. Um, but, you know, just make sure you're using the correct cards with insurance and, you know, look at your card portfolio, look at what benefits it has. Uh, you know, I use Chase Sapphire Reserve for just about everything, and I love their insurance and I've made claims with it and, and had a lot of success with that. Uh, but just make sure you have that for your needs when it happens. Uh, it's a great relief to just be able to go out to dinner, to go buy a new flight, to go pay for whatever hotel you need to pay for, and you know, knowing it'll all be reimbursed. Yeah, one negative these days is Twitter used to be like the most responsive place, like all the airlines were really good on that. But I feel like Twitter has become um, you know, I don't know if it's because of under new management or what, but it is. And I, I mean, to be fair, a lot of it has happened because of like lack of staffing, but Twitter is just not as reliable as it used to be. That used to, that, that used to be my go-to for like any customer service issue DM. And, um, you know, I would, I feel like I would get a response in like an hour, but now it's like, you got to send a message on Twitter, hope that they come get back to you, but wait in line at the same time while you're on hold, um, on the phone. You know, you got to do it all at once um, just in case you got to cover all your bases. Yeah, and you're never going to get a response fast enough or it doesn't seem like it. And, you know, it, it's certainly a try. I wonder if they have WhatsApp or something else. A lot of these airlines, I'm sure internationally they do have WhatsApp and more like quick real-time chats. Uh, but, you know, uh, let, us, let us know if you guys know about that. I think my last piece of advice is if you're stuck in a mass cancellation like this is to remain calm is just to remember that no matter what you're going to miss, it'll be okay. I know that there's people with work, with all kinds of obligations, uh, but if it ultimately is beyond your control to get home, then it's beyond your control. And don't let it become like, you know, you see those people, right, around Christmas or whenever there's these events and they're just completely drained and they're just, you see them on the news all the time, right, because news anchors love this. They love to find the most, uh, you know, out of sorts, traveler who's all messed up and sleeping on the airport for three days but don't be that person you know you be the person who has to deal with the cancellation who's able to book the nice hotel get on the next flight the next day have the insurance you know know that because your credit card will cover it or whatever uh or you know you get yourself booked but be that person who's proactive not the person who's like pulling their hair out on the floor in the corner of the airport definitely knowledge is power and uh you know if you're listening to this you probably have a decent amount of it so definitely want to use it and uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, Joe, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at As Joe Flies all over social media if you're looking to plan a Disney trip, especially if you want to do some of the last-minute savings this summer. Uh, Joseph Chung at Travelmation.net. How about you, Sean? At Miles to Memories all over social media. I'm on Threads, Joe. I haven't used it at all, but I have 500-something followers on there already, so I'm happy about that. I should post something there. Yeah, Threads is great. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's it's fine. It's not great, but, uh, you know, it's, it's it's slightly more usable than Twitter right now. Although, I will say Threads did fail its first uh, 
test you know i like the the reason i want a twitter replacement the most is because there's no better place to be during a sporting event and there was a i wouldn't say a big but there was a decently important u.s soccer game yesterday actually for both the women and the men and it was not popping off in threads like you would hope so uh but it's uh people are like complaining about the app already and yeah it's crazy because like 100 million people signed up and you'd expect it to be better but it's still kind of like in beta so i'm like you can't really judge it until you know maybe six months from now to see like you know they haven't even added simple features like dming right so i mean it's going to take time and that was a lot more than i expected you to know about threads i haven't really used it but it does look a lot like Twitter to me, but I, I have haven't no life, spent a lot okay? of time. I have no life. I'm still on the Twitter, threads, Instagram, wherever you want to find us, at Miles to Memories. We do the Vegas show twice a week, youtube.com forward slash Miles to Memories. And all of our posts, podcasts, videos, everything that we do, Miles to Memories.com. If you want to support the show, you can use links on the site. That does help to support us. Leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a lot. And most importantly, thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. See ya.